Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining our worship service this morning here at First City Church. And as you saw from our sermon bumper today, I really want to talk to you about getting connected with a small group. In fact, I just want to encourage everyone uh, to join a small group that's going to start here in a, in a, in a week. And, and I want to tell you why. My goal, in fact, today would be that every one of you listening to this message today would make an intentional decision to join a small group. And I want to share with you why I believe that's important. And that's all we're going to talk about today. So just for a few minutes, let's just begin to break that down. Let me, let me start with the overall picture of what we're trying to accomplish beginning, you know, 21 days ago. So for the last three weeks, we've just come off of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so if you were listening to the messages and if you went through all of those uh, days individually, you might have seen that there was a breakdown in three different sections of all the things that we were talking about during those 21 days of prayer. And it really is to get us to focus on our relationship with God and then to begin to take an internal look at what is the condition of my soul? Who am I? And then finally, how is... How, how is that going to show itself out in the community? And so when you look at our 21 days of prayer, the first nine days were all about the fruit of the Spirit, and it was a very upward focus. If you remember back in Acts chapter 2, all these people coming into the kingdom of God as, as Christians, as Jesus followers, they had just crucified Jesus, and they came to realize that he really was the Son of God. He really was the Messiah. And when they realize what, they, what they've done, they're like, we crucified the Son of God. And they looked at Peter and the apostles, and they're like, guys, what should we do? And Peter said, recorded for us in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we said, the first thing you need to do is make a decision. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? You need to repent of your life, the way you've been living, what you have done, and give yourself completely to Jesus. Become a Christ follower, a Jesus believer, and repent of your sin. Confess that and believe and become obedient to acting and living a life according to Jesus Christ. And what God will do is plant his Holy Spirit in your life. And out of that Holy Spirit comes the gift bundled in all of these ways with love and joy, unconditional love and real joy, lasting joy, even in the middle of sorrow and the all elusive patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. This whole bundle of wonderful qualities that we should have in our life comes only through the Holy Spirit because we made a decision, a, a very upward, vertical decision that we want to live our life based on Jesus Christ, what he told us about God, and what he showed us as to how to live our life according to his truth and his way. And so, the, the first nine days, we really just focused on that vertical relationship and what comes out of that. And so 
as we just begin, you know, this year, 2021, as we come off of these 21 days of prayer and fasting, my, my first request is that you give your life to Jesus, is that you become a believer, is that you become a follower of Jesus Christ, that the most passionate thing you can do with your life ever is to say yes to Jesus and become a follower of his and become obedient to him. And, and it's very simple. All you do is say, God, I'm tired of living the life that I've been living. I'm tired of living life my way. And I now want to live according to, you, to your way. I, and I need a Savior to do that. And I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. And I fully submit to him. I repent of my sin. I repent of everything that I've done wrong. I want to confess that Jesus now is the way that I want to live my life and give myself completely to him. And God will wash away your sins. You become obedient to that. You watch your sins washed away. Like in, in baptism, the, the, let the blood that flows from the cross completely cover your sin. And God says, I will give you this gift my Holy Spirit living in your life. And the fruit of that will be that you will find joy and love and peace and patience and kindness and all these things that just flow out of God and into your life. And that's the beginning point of what we want to do this year and why we do our 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of every year. So that's those were the first nine days of our 21 days. Then the next six days of our 21 days was a very inward focus. And so I want my horizontal relationship with God to be right now. I want to look inwardly. And these are other things that qualities that I really need in my life if I'm going to live and become obedient to what God has called me to do. And the first one is hope. I, I want to have full assurance that God is who he says he is and he will do what he said he will do and I can rely on that. I can trust that. I can believe in that. And so I now want to walk by faith and I want to incorporate that into my life and believe completely that God has a better plan for my life than I ever would have had on my own. I want to seek his wisdom. I want to seek his truth and I want to become obedient to all of that. And sometimes that's very difficult because we still want to control our life. You know, we want to we, we want to decide the direction of our life. But to say, I want to give that up and wrap all of that in humility. I want to humble myself and just give myself completely to God, humble myself before others. And these are qualities. These are real challenges for the condition of my soul that I now want to give up, give over, and become obedient to the will of God. And so that was the middle part of our last 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then the final week, we had this very outward focus. Now, if I'm going to begin a relationship with God, and I'm going to first find out what he wants to do inside me to cleanse me, change me, make me whole so that I can become obedient and humble, then now how is that going to show itself in all of my relationships as I engage my family, my church, my community? And so forgiveness, Jesus said, listen, if you forgive other people, I will forgive you your sins right? Unity. By this will all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one for another, and he said, I put you all together in a body, and you all need each other. And so 
live like you're one body and, and be unified. And people will begin to realize that you belong to me because of that. Generosity. Jesus said, if you give even as much as a cup of cold water in my name, I will reward you. Give and it will be given to you. So we're learning how to be generous. And, and then fellowship. We come together as one body. He makes us a family. and We show compassion with each other for each other, and then into our community. And we want to have an impact on all of those around us. We want everybody to go to heaven. And so that was the real focus of our last 21 days. And so now if you even want to go back and examine all of those days, what we really began to ask is, okay, God, what are you teaching me of all of those days, of those three different uh, components my vertical relationship with you, my inward focus on the condition of my soul, and my outward approach to those around me as family with believers and with the lost. What is it that you want from me? What is it that you want me to do? And we begin to make changes. We began to be convicted of certain things. And so our, our hope was that after coming out of that 21 days, God has spoken to you in a way about something that he would like to change in you, grow up in you, or start new in you. And so uh, now it's how do I do that and where do I go? Well, when the believers first came together in Acts chapter 2, you could see they really focused on this upward and inward and outward focus. Look at this verse, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And they worshiped together at the temple each day. That was their very vertical relationship with God. They just spent their worship. They sang, they praised God, they adored him. And they were thanking him for everything that he had done for him. Worship, this vertical relationship. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, this very intimate environment where they began to come and Look at who they were. And if you read through some of the scriptures about what it says about with the believers when they would get together, the Lord's Supper was a very important time in their meeting together because they looked at what happened to Jesus and how he was crucified, was buried, and then resurrected from the dead for them. And they said that kind of a sacrifice requires something from us. And so every time they would take the Lord's Supper, our Bible says that they would examine themselves and we're told examine yourselves so that you will eat and drink in a worthy manner. Meaning this, this isn't a game. It, you know, it's, it's not just a little ritual of taking two emblems and eating and drinking. This is what is the condition of your soul? Because the sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus cost him his life and it's going to cost you, me, something. And so they had a very inward focus on, am I living a life worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus? And then there was this very outward focus. They began to share their meals with joy and generosity. They shared with the believers. They shared with the community of people who wanted to become believers. And this became a great way of life for them, upward, inward, and outward in their focus. So now you fast forward to us, Living in the year 2021, over 2,000 years later, we began to ask, okay, what are we going to create so that we can also um, grow upward, 
inward and outward. So what is the best environment that we can create? And, and if you sit and think about that, okay, we're going to create one environment, that one thing as an offering from our church where you can really focus on growing in, in all three of these areas where because that environment is in your life and you engage it on a weekly basis, that's the place where you go and you really begin to have a, a meeting with God where you talk with people about your struggles and challenges and the condition of your soul and you begin to express with joy and generosity what God has done for you out to other people. And, and, and so we're like, okay, what are we going to create? Worship on Sundays, like what we're doing this morning. And, and hopefully next week when we all come back together, we can share that together. That is a great worship environment for our, our, our vertical relationship with God. But we don't spend a lot of time in relationships, right? In fact, because of COVID, we're tending to keep our distance, you know, from each other. And so it's not really meant to do all three of these. It can do a little of the inward focus, but this outward sharing and being generous with each other. And so when we sat down as a church and we said, what one environment can we create that really could do all three of those things? We began to talk about small groups. This is why we created small groups. And personally, I began just to evaluate my life and I just, just, you know, took a, a memory trip back. And I remember when I was in college, I was not um, living the way that God had called me to live. And I became really convicted about the things that I was doing. I wanted to make a real change. Didn't really know how to do that. But I announced it one day to all my friends and, and this group of guys that I hung out with. And we were about to take a trip and go do some stuff that just wasn't appropriate. And I said, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And uh, they kind of laughed and uh, and went anyway. And that next week of my life, I was so lonely. I was, for for a week, I, no one was talking to me. I would go to classes, you know, I, but, but I'd go to my dorm room and I'd just sit. And I was just lonely. And quite frankly, I did not know what to do or... Uh, how I was going to move forward from there. I just knew I was miserable in the way that I was living and I wanted to live differently. I just didn't know how to get there. And then one day I got this knock on my door and it was two of my buddies, two of my friends. And they said, can we talk with you? And I said, yeah. And they said, you know, fly, which is what they called me in college. They said, uh, when, when you said that and you walked away, we started talking and we thought both of us want to do the same thing. We, we were just too scared to do it. And, and we don't know how. We don't even know what that means, but this is what we're saying to you. We're tired of living the way we're living. We want to do something different. And if it's okay with you, we want to join you. And man, I was, I was overjoyed. And I'm like, well, yeah. And so we sat there for a few minutes. And after we finished laughing, we said, okay, uh, what do we do? And, and I got to tell you, we were going to a Christian college and we did not know what to do. And to me, that's just, it's just funny, actually. And the only thing we could think to do on that afternoon was grab our Bibles, walk across the campus to a picnic table out underneath some trees, 
open up our Bibles and just start there. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, this tells you how far away I was from God. I was uncomfortable walking across campus with the Bible in my hand. It just felt so weird. It, it was not who I was. And, and I, I just felt crazy. But all we, the three of us did it. And we sat down at that picnic table. We didn't know where to turn in our Bibles. We didn't know what to do. We're like, what do we do now? We didn't know what to do, so we started with a prayer. And then we turned in someplace, and we just started a conversation. But you know what? Over the next few days and the next couple of weeks, the three of us turned into five of us, turned into nine of us. Next thing you know, God is doing something that we could not have even expected. And none of the three of us and others uh, have never turned back to the way we were before. And I want to say that journey happened and was made easy because I made a small group decision. Then when I got married, moved down to the state of Florida and didn't really know anybody and quickly began to learn, uh, I do not know what it means to be a godly husband, to lead my wife or uh, my, uh, my family in the direction of heaven. And so we started attending a small church. I found three other guys my age and I just did the same thing that I did when I was in college. I said, can we meet together and can we just talk about what does it mean to be a godly husband, to be a godly man, to walk the way of Jesus? And we met every week and we started memorizing scripture together. We started challenging each other. We started calling each other on the phone at night just to pray with each other. Next thing you know, several years later, you know, I'm being called into ministry. But they really helped me to navigate this how to live as, as a a godly man, because I did not know how. And then I got into ministry, which I never thought that I would do. And we moved to Houston, and here I have this ministry. I'm hired as a youth minister, and I know how to have fun with them. I know how to go bowling. I even know how to have a few Bible studies, but I don't know how to disciple them, how to lead them down the path of Jesus. And so, I started meeting with two or three other youth ministers and we would get together and we would just share and we would talk. How do we live as youth ministers? How do we lead these young teenagers into a relationship with Jesus? And they taught me how to be a minister, how to become a disciple and learn how to disciple other people. And so as I started thinking about it, in all the key moments in my life, small groups is the vehicle that got me where I really wanted to be. Now, where do you want to be? What is it that you want to do? What has God laid on your heart as the condition of your soul and how to change, improve, grow from where you are to where you want to be? And wishful thinking isn't enough. It really is going to require an intentional decision. And I've shared this verse before. I got this from Andy Stanley. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now I'm telling you, that is the truth. When I was in high school, early on when I was in college, I was the one that people called foolish. I was the one where parents said, don't hang out with Rick. He makes foolish decisions and you'll get in trouble. And they were right. 
And I hung out with other people who didn't mind getting in trouble. And, and, and we were foolish. But when I wanted to learn how to live a, a life that was wise, I had to change who I hung out with. And so small groups is a very intentional decision for you to look around you and partner with people who are with you and even ahead of you on the journey of heaven. And you just run up next to them and say, can I walk with you for a while as I try to figure out how to live the life God has called me to live? And that's what we do. That is why we create small groups. We want to give you this opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. So, what do I mean by being a disciple of Jesus? I've used that term now two or three times. So what is a disciple? And I know we've talked about a vertical and an inward, uh, this horizontal, outward even approach to relationships. But a disciple really is nothing more than a student. And it comes from this Latin word meaning pupil or learner. So if I'm going to become a disciple of Jesus, I become his pupil. I become his student. I begin watching the way he lives, listening to what he says. I see the way he treats people. That's the way I treat people. I see his relationship with God. That's what I begin to do in my relationship with God. And I become a student. In fact, Jesus began his ministry by saying these words, follow me, follow me, and I'll lead you to the Father, right? And so I want to be a student. Now, here's a challenge for us. And this is really for all of our small group leaders. This is for all of us who have been around for City for a while. We've been in small groups for a while. This is our challenge. Because just because you join a small group, it does not mean that you're going to become a disciple. I love this quote from Brian Jones where he said, small groups don't create disciples. And that's true. Small groups don't create disciples. Well, Rick, what are you saying? You're saying that you want all of us to be in a small group so that we can become a disciple and, and grow upward and inward and outward. Yes, that's true. But being in a small group alone won't do that. You can be in a small group and play poker and never talk about Jesus. You can be in a small group and play sports or play games or gossip. You know, you can have a lot of fun. You know, and you can even have a spiritual conversation, but it does not mean that you're going to, it does not mean that it's going to create in you the heart of a disciple. Small groups don't create disciples. Here it is. Disciples create disciples. So you've got to decide, do I want to be a learner of Christ? And when we get together, come on, it's got to be more than just getting together for fun or going out to eat or just laughing and having a good time. It's gotta be that I have a real passion to become what God has called me to be. And do you have that passion? Now, what are we going to do to cover each other, challenge each other, forgive each other, lead each other in the direction of the everlasting way? I love the way that 2 Corinthians put it. He, you know, Paul said, and they exceeded our expectations. He was talking about, you know, these people who he was sharing life with. He said, man, you guys exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And then, by the will of God, also to us. And that is what I'm calling you to do. 
to give yourself first to God, to first give yourself to the Lord and let that be your decision. Then place yourself in a small group with other believers who want to have a passion for growing in their relationship with God and share life together. That makes all the difference in the world. You can be in a small group, but if somebody has not decided that they really want to give themselves first to God, then that group might never develop into disciples. So we really want our small groups to be discipleship-based, to where people who want to be learners of Jesus gather around the Word of God, gather around prayer, gather in circles, and begin talking about leading each other into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we do small groups. And, and that's what I want to ask out of you. So there are really two things I'm asking. Number one, will you join a small group? But number two, will you be the person in that small group who says, I want to be a disciple? I want us, when we get together, to spend our time you know, talking about what it means to give our whole heart to God. And if you do that, we've got all kinds of small groups. We've got men groups and women groups and teenage groups. We've got Bible study groups and prayer groups and marriage groups and friendship groups and specialty groups. We've got a lot of, we've got several different groups that are meeting and, and you can join one. We're actually even going to start, for those of you who've been around a while, you're going to know this. Remember the old Wednesday night Bible classes? And we gave all those up when we started doing small groups. Well, guess what? We're going to start back this semester a Wednesday night Bible class at the church building in the auditorium. And so if you've missed that and you're looking forward to that, you bring your Bible and you bring a pen and we're going to sit down and we're going to have a Wednesday night Bible study. And we're going to have a prayer group. And... Uh, and the shepherds are going to help. Our elders are going to help with that prayer group. And, and, and they're not going to talk about prayer. They're not going to teach about prayer. They're just going to say, how are you doing? And is there something that you need right now that I can pray for? And it's just going to be time of prayer and relationship. And so those are just two. There are other groups that's been meeting for a while. Yo Pros have been meeting a long time. Wise Men have been meeting for a long time. There's some ladies groups, some, some men lunch groups. Uh, there are several different groups where people have been already meeting for a while. And so they get to decide how we're going to meet and, and how, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you can be looking. In fact, starting today, you can go into our social media platform. Uh, you're going to get an email and you can go to our website and you can begin to see this next week the, all the different groups that we have. And we want you to choose one of those groups. Just sit down and this week pray about it and choose a group that you want to be a part of. Or call a friend or somebody that you want to follow in the Lord and ask them, what group are you joining? Can we do it together? And then we want you to join a group. You don't see one that, that you're really drawn to or that meets at the time of week that you want to then you just find somebody and ask, start another your own group. But we want to grow in the Lord, and we want to spend time following Him. So that's the opportunity that's in front of us, and that's why we really want to join small groups. That's why we do them. That's why they're so important. So may God bless you 
as you get into these small groups and as you begin thinking about how you're going to give your life and your heart completely to God in a very vertical relationship with God, a very inward focus for the condition of your soul and the way outwardly it's going to show itself in our hurting community to make it uh, more like God. Can I pray with you? This is the time where we begin to go to communion. And remember that verse of scripture where it says that they shared in their homes the Lord's Supper? And this is where they would examine themselves. They said, thank you, Jesus, because I know this cost you your life. You shed your blood so that I could live and be saved. So in your groups, in your homes today, as you began to share communion with each other, this Lord's Supper, I pray that you examine the condition of your soul and that you make a decision to live a life worthy of the call of God. I sure love you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord God, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for what you do in our lives. Thank you for leading us to the cross. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for giving us a home with you in heaven. Lord God, until we get there, we want to know everything there is to know about you. We want to live lives just like you did. We want to learn how to serve people the way you served people. Thank you for giving us small groups. Thank you for creating in us a family, a body, where we can come as believers and begin to challenge each other to live according to the way of Jesus Christ. And now as we begin to make those steps, Lord God, I pray that everyone today in the sound of this message will begin giving their life to you and will join a small group and just see the things that you want to change in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.